Mate, did we watch a thing this week? Yeah, we did. Welcome back to the show and thanks for joining us for Mandatory Episode. Yes, last episode of the year for 2019. Last episode of the decade. Factual. That's crazy. That's great. Well, then this makes sense, doesn't it? (laughs) Oh, yeah, that's why we're doing this. Because what are we doing, buddy? You're a dull boy, Billy. <laughs> um, so, as as you might have guessed, having clicked on this episode, this episode is all about our top 10 films of the past decade. Yes, the decade being from 2010 to 2019. Famously called the Tensies. <laughs> it is not. That is such a silly name. <laughs> The tensies and next decade, the twosies. <laughs> Obviously, <laughs> this was an insanely hard list to make. Oh, I it caused me misery. Yeah, when I first made my initial list, I had well over thirty films to cull down, and culling it down was tough to the point where I have a separate list here that I'm going to do at the end of my top five animated films of the decade because I I couldn't squeeze them into my ten. Well, then they're not good enough. <laughs> Don't talk about them. No, that's not how it works, mate. Veto. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. Yeah, this sucked. And we, unlike other shows, we're not even numbering ours. These are just 10 films. Yep. Yep. Is there is there any rhyme or reason to how you're going to go through yours? Um, yeah, look, even though we haven't numbered, I think I will try do what would be my 10 to 1. Okay. I think you should try do the same. I think build um, up to the best. Okay, well, I'm not going to do that because I've done something else, which is I'm going from most recent to oldest. Oh, uh, okay. And actually, that's a good way of doing it. I'll do the same thing. Okay. Who wants to start? Um, why don't you start? Happy to. This is stunning that in my ordering, you asked me, will you have any in your list- that we did on the show. Yeah. Answer to that is no. Okay. The way you can tell that very easily is that the first film I have, therefore the most recent, is from 2015. That shocks me. So there is a movie that I was convinced you would have on your list to the point where I left it off my list because I was like, Topher will have it. That's not on your list. Right. Well, when we started this whole exercise, I was like, all right, there's two films that are on the list that I was like, all right, there's eight. There's now a bunch of films fighting for eight spots. Okay. Because there was never any doubt ever that Mad Max Fury Road. Okay. Yeah. All right. Everyone loves this film. That's not a surprise. Everyone loves this film. I don't. My, I'm, I'm the guy. You're the guy. I'm the exception that proves the rule that this movie is amazing because I think it's fine. <laughs> um, my favorite thing that I ever read about this movie is that- George Miller's direction makes other filmmakers look lazy. It is just an astonishing piece of work. I'm, at the end of this film, I saw it with a mate of mine, and at the end, like credits rolled, we turned and looked at each other, just grinning, like we just got to the end of a roller coaster. Yeah, I just fucking love it. <laughs> and Charlize Theron should have won Best Actress. She should have won Supporting Actress. She should have won score. She should have won set design. (laughs) She should have won every award at that year's Oscars. Yeah. Look, I mean, maybe I just wasn't in the right headspace to watch it. I like 
I like Mad Max. Um, I just I couldn't get into it. I found it. You're gonna you're gonna give me shit. I found it dull. <laughs> Fuck. And I just didn't find it that interesting. Well, it's no 500 Days of Summer. Um, <laughs> that's not in my best of the decade, mate. <laughs> it could be. It's the last decade. Um, like it says, it says a lot that I never, I don't, to- I don't particularly buy Tom Hardy as Mad Max. Yeah, that should be like. That, that could be, all right, end of story. This film doesn't work for me. I don't care. Yeah. I don't care that I don't particularly buy the main character because there's a guy with a guitar <laughs> that's a flamethrower. <laughs> yeah, look. Oh, my God. Again, not a huge surprise that's on your list. The competition we ran recently where we asked listeners to submit their best of the decade, this popped up several times and people be loving this movie. So, not a shock that it's there. I don't think I have a film from every year, but I do I do cross the spectrum, including this year, because I'm starting with Parasite, which is not only the movie of the year, but I think it has a case to be the best of the decade, if not certainly in the list. So that is my number 10. Well, sorry, not number 10. That's my first movie. Yep. We praised it a bunch in our last yep. episode. No point talking about it again. We, we love it. Everyone loves it. Yep. If you don't- Bog off. <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna stick with 2015. Okay, we're moving on to my director of the decade, hands down. I could have picked one of a number of Denis Villeneuve films. Yeah, he's my director of the decade too. I had the same struggle, so I wonder if we picked the same film. I think we did. I've gone with the Taylor Sheridan scripted Sicario. Yeah, I had that too. I was really really tough as to whether I go with that or the Prisoners was incredible Arrival. Arrival. Um, definitely filmmaker of the decade. But, yes, yeah, I don't think you can beat Sicario. Emily it's- Blunt just killing it. Benicio Del Toro just killing it and everyone else. Yeah. Um, of course, shot mo- most of his films this decade have been shot by Roger Deakins. Yeah. It's a gorgeous film. Yeah, the score. People, long-time listeners of the show will remember that I came to this late. I hadn't seen it until the day before we were going to go see Sicario 2 to review, and I was like, you know what, I need to watch the first one. I- it, it's incredible. It's absolutely incredible. Yeah, I mean, you could talk about the cast alone for days. Like, Emily Blunt is exceptional, but- First time we saw Daniel Kaluuya for most, was it really? for most of us, I would think. Wow. Because he was, I mean, he was considered a breakout star yeah, for right. Get Out. This is a couple of years beforehand. All right. Stepping back through time, um, I'm going to a film that came out last year. Martin Madonna's Three Billboards Outside Ebbing, Missouri. I didn't think this would be on my list. I really didn't. And when I had my list of 30, it was there. And then when I dwindled it down to 20, it was still there. And when I got to 10, it was still there. It's a really, really, really good movie. It's it's funny. It's smart. It's dark. It's um, really well shot and acted. It it just, yeah, I like I said, I didn't think it would be there. Here it is. <laughs> You enjoyed that film too. Yeah. The the argument against it of, but but he's a racist and we shouldn't be on board with him by the end of the film. I'm like, I'm not on board with him. Yeah. Like, yeah, he's terrible. <laughs> like, full stop. <Yeah. laughs> I, I don't think he is redeemed. Yeah, I don't think so. It's not the point. Um, and, and one of, like, clearly one of the great leading performances of the decade from, from Francis? Francis McDormand. Yeah. All right. Uh, man, I liked 2015. You're still in 15. 
I've got another 2015 film. Mate, are we doing best of the decade or best of 15? Oh, shit. <laughs> you fucked the brief. <laughs> um, kind of divisive film. Some people think it's a load of rubbish that's about nothing. The Revenant. Right. Um, I have not seen it. The notion that Leo won an Oscar for grunting, don't talk to me. Leo's incredible in the film. Um, Tom Hardy is incredible in the film. It's, you could turn, you could turn the volume down and just look at the movie because Chivo's cinematography is like, you you just put this film up in an art gallery. It's yeah. stunning. So it I've, is stunning. I haven't seen it, but it's it's been on my list as have many movies. Um, so it doesn't surprise me that Leo's performance is brilliant. He's brilliant in a lot of things. Do you think that this is the film for which he deserved an Oscar? I'm comfortable with it. Yeah. Okay, cool. You know who else is really good in it? Hux, man. General Hux is the bomb in The Revenant. I worked with him, mate. You did not work with Domal Gleeson. I, I worked with his 3D model. <laughs> we scanned his body and I manipulated it. <laughs> I think you should probably stop talking. <laughs> um, all right. Slightly back through time. Still quite recent for me. This is a 2017 film. I know what it is. Yeah, I bet you do. I'm shocked that it's not on your fucking list because not only does it deserve to be in the top 10 films of the decade, I think it is possibly the top drama of the decade it is the florida project and everything about this movie is insane the screenplay is so well written the improvisation by the cast that adds to that screenplay is so good love it the acting from brooklyn prince in this film uh, she is insane and the fact that she wasn't nominated for best actress that year boggles the mind the direction from sean baker is just insanely beautiful like the cinematography so gorgeous and i could watch this film on a loop no matter how many times it makes me cry it's it's up there and i can't believe it's not on your list great film great pick i'm gonna move into 2014 okay big news 2014's here okay i'm switching year yep i'm not switching director okay because in your e2 went bang bang oscar oscar Revenant before that Birdman. Yep. Haven't seen Birdman. I think Birdman is astonishing. It seems like my kind of film. Like, it's been on my list. Um, I I think Keaton was dudded out of Best Actor. It's just a stunning achievement, this film. Yeah. You need to watch it. No, I'm, I'm keen to. You need to watch it. Yeah. Um, I think it suffers a little bit in, in some people judging it because they think that the main character shouldn't be an aspirational character. It, yeah, he's lost it. He's he's clinging on to something that was never even really there, which is part of the greatness of it. Not, yeah, not that we're not meant. I don't think we're meant to buy into the greatness of the character. That's the for me. That's the whole point. Yeah. Watch Birdman. Okay. And again, Chivo's cinematography, which he, this was part of a, a three-year run where he won the Oscar <laughs> three years in a row, um, just. Just an incredible looking film. All right. I screwed up my ordering. So I'm now going to jump slightly forward in time uh, to last year's Black Klansman. I guess I'm not surprised it's not on your list. I'm disappointed, (laughs) as I am with pretty much every movie I've said that's not on your list. Because it's what Spike Lee has done here is just 
absolutely brilliant. I loved the source material, the book, even though it's not all that interesting, it somehow sucks you in. What Spike Lee has done to the story to make it as engaging as this film is, as fun and as bleak and as kind of cautionary, um, not to mention the performances by John David Washington and Adam Driver. Adam Driver should have won for Best Supporting Actor for this film because he was so great in this movie. Another film that we both both very much liked. Yep. Um, like the pick, Billy. I like it. Thanks, buddy. Okay. Speaking of Oscars, this film wasn't nominated for enough. <laughs> and there was a bit of a kerfuffle about that. And quite frankly, rightly so. <laughs> Ava DuVernay's Selma. Right. From 2014. I remember you talking about this at the time and how much you enjoyed it. Brilliant film. I, there, I, there is no way anyone will convince me that DuVernay should not have been up for director. Like, it just boggles the mind. This film is so well put together. And then, again, how David Oyelowo was not up for best actor boggles the mind. It is such a powerful movie. Watch it. Everyone. I will. Watch it. I will. Consider it on the list. All right. Heading back to 2016 now. Before we started the show, so now we're well and truly movies we haven't talked about. Uh, And this was a year I struggled with. And this, I kind of picked this thinking that you would pick its counterpart. You'll understand what I mean when I say that. Because I've got La La Land, which I absolutely adore. I thought you'd have Moonlight on your list because Moonlight was really teetering on mine. And I only took it off thinking that you would have it on yours. (laughs) Oops. Um, But no, I've gone with La La Land, which I know it's not for everyone. It's a very Billy film. I think the cinematography is gorgeous. The acting and relationship between Ryan Gosling and Emma Stone, like they have chemistry. It's why they keep, you know, appearing together. People know they've got chemistry. Um, I'm not even a fan of musicals, but I listened to the soundtrack for this on repeat for weeks because I think it's so strong. I love this movie. I enjoyed it. You like a seven out of ten? Yeah, it's probably all right. But I but I'm all for like Chazelle winning director for it. Oh. Like it's a it is a remarkable achievement. It really the direction is astounding. If you've seen any of the behind the scenes stuff of what, you know, the cameraman and, and what Chazelle's vision was, it's crazy well mm. executed. That vision being that white people know more about jazz than <laughs> <laughs> it's his whole career. <laughs> Amazing stuff. 2013, the third feature film from Jonathan Glazer, who hasn't made a feature since, Under the Skin. I haven't seen it. Under the Skin is a great, weird movie. And anytime anyone says to me, that they don't think that Scarlett Johansson can act, the first thing I say is, you haven't watched Under the Skin. I mean, that's just a dud argument. It's, it's the same as Christian Stewart. It's like people who say that. Okay, yeah, if you're looking at Black Widow, she's required to be pretty and wear leather. <laughs> like, And I feel bad saying that because I don't think that's good. <laughs> but like Scarlett Johansson can act and there's zero question about it. We knew that from 
fucking ghost world. Absolutely. Like, from, like, her first appearances, we knew she could act. That's how she became Scarlett Johansson. Part of the whole thing with this year with Marriage Story of, oh, wow, how has she never been Oscar nominated? That's a very Un- valid question. Under the Skin is very much a part of that argument for me. Yeah. Um, she is amazing in the film. The way that, that Glazer made the film, where a lot of it is filmed with Johansson just out in the public with people around her not knowing that they're filming her, is- like, it's a really cool way of making a movie and also speaks to how good she is because Johansson's just walking around not getting stopped by people because she's so this alien trying to figure out what it is to be yeah. human. And it's fucking great. Yeah, cool. Um, sticking with 2016, I am going with Manchester by the Sea. Have you, have you? I was going to ask if you'd seen it yet. Um, absolutely brilliant, heartbreaking film. Casey Affleck, regardless of your personal opinions of him, like, geez, he can act. Like, he he is a standing, as is Michelle Williams, who, like, she's great in everything she does. Oh, Williams is um, freaking the best. But if you want a movie that is going to, like, tug on your heartstrings and make you curl up into a ball and cry- this is the movie for you. It's so good. I can't recommend it enough. All right. I had a, I had a 2013 representative. Let's go to 2012. Fantastic film. The Hunt uh, from Denmark. Yes. Starring, with Michael Madsen. St- nope. <laughs> no. Starring the the true hero of Star Wars, Galen Erso himself, Mads Mikkelsen. Mad, that's what I meant to say. <laughs> Michael Madsen. I got, I got like the sounds, like the the mic and the mad. Yeah, I, I know what happened. <laughs> <laughs> yes. yes. Um, so Mads Mikkelsen plays a guy in a in a small town who is accused of inappropriate behaviour towards someone at the childcare centre he works at. Yeah. And well, then what happens then? What happens to someone who's been accused? And it could easily, you could easily imagine this film being a really stunningly out of touch not all men kind of movie yeah um it's not played that way it's just not what the movie is all right heading to 2013 i'm going with ryan coogler's best film fruitvale station i don't like it as much as everyone else really not which is not to say that i dislike it i feel like i like it more than other people like for a lot of lists i've seen Creed is somehow on people's best of the decade, which I find surprising because I think Creed is fine. But Fruitvale Station, I loved this movie. I did get to it late. And so by the time I got to it, it had a very high bar to clear. Yeah. yeah. And I, and I liked it. Yeah. Quite a short film, which I think people find surprising. But what I love about it is that even though it's a young African-American teen who's shot by the police in the Bay Area on New Year's Day and- It would be so easy to hear that and think that that's the angle the film takes. But what it does that's really different is that, similar to It's a Wonderful Life, the the film is really about his life. The entire film is just a day in his life leading up to this event. And it's not- it's not foreshadowed or anything because it's not an experience that could have been foreshadowed throughout the day. It's just- it's just capturing his life until that final awful moment and- it's so brilliantly done. Often it's the case that when you know what's coming, it's even worse. Yeah. And that's very much the case in this film, I think. You're just yes. like, okay, this is inescapable and this is horrible. 
Uh, okay, I'm going to stick with 2012. Catherine Bigelow should have won another Oscar because Zero Dark Thirty is stunning. I think it's better than The Hurt Locker. It, it pissed off the left, it pissed off the right, which means it's probably doing something right in its representations of what was going on. Um, Jessica Chastain, I think, was robbed, just robbed of an Oscar. She is phenomenal in the film. Um, watch it. I will. I will. Again, it's- this is where I have to admit that I haven't seen it yet. <laughs> <laughs> um, get to it. Amazing film. So much of the movie is Chastain's character just doing this tedious work that a, that a bunch of the time is frustrating to her and a bunch of the time very little is happening and it's still just completely gripping. And then every set, every action set piece, whether it's the big one at the end, which is incredible, or even just people in a car following another car around the streets it's just so bloody well realised by Bigelow and Australian cinematographer Greg Fraser, um, who, when I found out that Deacons would not be doing Dune with with Denis Villeneuve, I despaired. And then I found out it was going to be Greg Fraser instead. I was like, <laughs> well, you know what? As a consolation prize, I can live with that. Um, brilliant film. Um I'm going to have to jump forward in time because I'm mucked up again. (laughs) So I'm heading forward to 2015 to talk about a horror film, seemingly probably our only horror film that made this list. It's The Witch. Ah, good pick. I loved The Witch. Um, The screenplay with its old-timey New England English, um, the acting, the, the strange and brave choices that it makes to be what it is, you know, I'm so disappointed that we haven't got The Lighthouse yet because I'm really excited for it. But Robert Eggers is a filmmaker who just does what he does. He like It's very clear in his filmmaking that he's not trying to reach any particular audience. You know, like sometimes you go see a movie and you're like, well, this is, this is made for an audience. He just makes what he thinks is going to be an interesting story to tell. And I think you can really feel that in The Witch with some of the very strange choices that it makes, but just land really effectively. Yeah, I really dug this film. Um, one thing I I remember reading an interview with Eggers when he was saying that they, and, and this is apparent when you're watching it, that they didn't approach it from the point of a horror film because he was like, these people believed in witches. Yeah. So we're just presenting what they thought. And so they just came at it as a family drama. And yes, what they believe and what's going on is horrifying. So yeah, it is. It, like it is sure, it is a horror. Um, I, for one, am not against the term elevated horror because <laughs> I think there is an obvious distinction between I, something like this I agree. and the nun. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, it's a, it's a it's a cool movie. All right, buddy. Here we go. You got two left. I've got one, and we've only had one crossover so far. Madness. Actually not. I thought we'd have maybe two. So (laughs) I'll move to 2011. Okay. And my favourite film of that year, Steve McQueen's Shame. His next film, 12 Years a Slave, would win Best Picture at the Oscars. I think Shame is his best film to date. The performances from Fassbender and Mulligan are absolute A-grade level. It's incredible. It does that. McQueen loves doing it. Just- 
lock the camera off for an insane amount of time and let a scene play out and you're just transfixed by these characters. It's an amazing movie. Yeah. It's not it's not date night. It's not feel good. It's not relaxing. It's not fun, but it's incredible. Fassbender plays a sex addict whose life kind of goes to shit when his sister, Carrie Mulligan, turns up to live with him unannounced and uninvited. Carrie Mulligan. She's the best. She's just the best. All right. My final film. I'm going right back to the start of the decade, 2010. And I'm not sure if you will have it on your list. I'm going with David Finch's The Social Network. The decade started with the decade's best film. So this is, yeah, I thought this would be on your list. I mean, anyone who listens to the show knows how much of a Sorkin head you are. And a Fincher head. Can you imagine when I found out that Fincher was directing Sorkin's next script? I lost it. Yeah. And then along came the film. Yeah. And it's a film that on paper, like, I remember when it was first being spoken about. Facebook, the the movie? The Facebook movie. (laughs) And everyone was like, what the fuck is that? But it. Like, it's exceptional. The, the characterization, God knows how Zuckerberg feels about it. I don't know if he's ever commented on the film. He has commented on the film. His thoughts? <laughs> Not its greatest <laughs> <Yeah>. advocate. <laughs> um, but it, the way that it deals with its characters and its subjects, the way the dialogue flows is- It's such a long script. The studio was like, you can't make this script. It's going to be, it's too long. No one's going to watch it. And Fincher was adamant that, no, we don't need to cut it. This they film, just talk really fast. He was like, this film will be two hours. Yeah. And it is. The film's two hours. Yeah. He was like, I think they just like put a recorder on the desk and did the script. And we're like, see, <laughs> two hours. Yeah. <laughs> this is happening. <laughs> um, to be honest, in 2010, like the first time I watched the film, I like I really liked it. But it was probably no higher than really liked it. And then on subsequent viewings, I was just like, oh, my God. Yeah. This is- this I, I try very hard not to throw around. I've probably done it seventeen times in this episode. <laughs> I try not to throw around the term "great" yeah. with films. I've probably done it seventeen times <laughs> this episode. <laughs> the Social Network is a great film. The first score that Atticus oh. Ross and Trent Reznor yeah. did it is in itself a work of art. Oh, I know. It's amazing. And Trent Reznor has gone on to do some brilliant work since. But, yeah, his first- It was amazing. Yeah. So, to have, like- You know you're getting a Sorkin bit of work. You know it's going to be dialogue heavy. It's going to be- It's going to be a lot of a lot of back and forth. And I actually- Even though it's my favourite writer and my favourite director, and as excited as I was- it's not, I don't think it's actually a particularly obvious fit. No. Of writer no. and director. Yeah, I agree. And so it's actually just delightfully stunning how amazing the result of this partnership was. And it really, I know, like it was a partnership. Like it wasn't like Sorkin didn't just hold hand over the script and be like, all right, there you go, David. It's yours. Yeah. They were both there. Like, they were there the whole time. They worked the script really hard with the actors. Yeah, what the cast puts into the script, too. Like, I feel like this must have been the first appearance of Jesse Eisenberg. Well, Zombieland's before this. Oh, of course. By a year. It was, too. Yeah. Yeah. Um, um, but he is exceptional in the role. E- even Justin Timberlake. Timberlake. Who saw that coming? <laughs> Incredible. Um, 
certainly the first time I'd seen Andrew Garfield. Yes. And he is, ex- like, Garfield is the heart of the film. Yeah, yeah. He is exceptional. Yeah. Army Hammer. Army Hammer is the Winklevi. We, and even the way that was done from a technical point of view is just gorgeous as well. Like, the film is an exceptional piece of filmmaking. Uh, like there's Yeah, these little things that have just carried on through the whole decade, like the Winklevi, like Drop the The. Yeah. Obviously, the Academy is made up by a bunch of humans, and therefore it's fallible. This year- this was a howler. This was an absolute howler. Fincher not winning for director and this not winning for picture is laughable because has anyone thought about the King's Speech oh. since since that night? And I, look, I like the King's Speech. Yeah, I didn't. It's fine. I think it's definitely Colin Firth's best performance. Like, I'm fine with that movie, but I don't, I don't think of it. Yeah. I wouldn't have been able to tell you what year it was. Yeah. I wouldn't have been able to tell you it was this decade. The social network is is a titan. Yeah. All righty. Does that tick us off? We're done. We're done. Sh- should we indulge ourselves? And Because there's things, like we said, this was painful. Yeah, there are look- things not on my list which hurt me. And I did a really stupid move. The way I culled my list was by- Deleting it? Deleting <laughs> the ones that were making it. So, um, Yeah. What I did keep, which I'll run through, as I, as I said at the top, I, I do have five animated films that I tried to get one on. I couldn't, but I'm just going to run through those. Kubo and the Two Strings is an achievement. It's one of, like, I like the film. I don't love it, but it's one of the best things you can just look at. Yeah, I absolutely love it. Song of the Sea is an Irish animated film, which if you're into at all world cinema, it's- a beautiful fantasy film. Like, if you like the Ghibli films, this studio from Ireland that's making these, it's absolutely gorgeous. The Red Turtle, which is a silent animated film. You give me shit for liking wanky things. <laughs> and here's the Red Turtle. The Red Turtle is- <laughs> If one of the animated films was going to make it, it was going to be the Red Turtle, but I wasn't sure which other film to knock off for it. I wish that you'd had that and I'd had Tree of Life and we could have just <laughs> given each other shit. <laughs> Because the red, so you don't like the red turtle? You oh think no, it's I, too wanky. Oh no, I like it. It's but I was like, oh, it's an absolute pile of wank, it's stunning. <laughs> and uh, also, your name, which we had spoken about, uh, like in the very early days of the show. Um, and finally, Arietti, which I think is Ghibli's best film of the decade. So they're that. <laughs> what are your honourable mentions? It pained me to not have Roma. Yeah, that in was this under list. consideration. Um, Phantom Thread came awfully close. The, uh, just mentioned the Tree of Life. At one at one point, these films were all in. Yeah, um, yeah, the Tree of Life was there. The Wolf of Wall Street was there. Speaking of, I think misunderstood films. No, they're not being glorified. It yeah. is. It is absolutely. <laughs> anyway, you you're wrong. <laughs> <laughs> um, Moonlight, Boyhood, Florida Project, Whiplash, Lady Bird. Freaking come at me Star Wars movies from this decade. <laughs> Django Unchained, Gone Girl, Ex Machina, Hell or High Water. There was some good stuff. Anyway, yeah, for me, for me, the social network won the decade. All right. What are we getting to next week? Patron request. That's right. We will be watching Taxi Driver. Ever heard of it? <laughs> it will be fun to check that out and talk about it together because I don't think we've really talked about it too much. 
No, because when you saw it, we were in different cities. Yes. And you just messaged me. You're like, dude, have you seen Taxi Driver? I was like, um, yeah, I'm a person. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> all right, so that'll be fun. We hope that you've all had an absolutely wonderful year. Uh, thank you for sticking with us and, you know, helping the show grow and, and listening to it week after week. We love all of you and we love doing this. And Happy New Year, everybody. We don't know that we love all of you. <laughs> Could be some real bad eggs out there. <laughs> In the meantime, if you want to get in touch with us, you can do that at wewatchthething.com or wewatchthething at gmail.com. You can find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, all under the handle at wewatchthething. If you want to help support the show and make us watch something, you can do that at patreon.com forward slash wewatchthething. And see you next year. 